if you are here for the first time, this is the reading room. Settle, we're going to be in the book of Isaiah. We're starting Isaiah today, y'all. We are starting Isaiah, y'all. Yes. We are starting Isaiah, and I'm excited about it. Um, this is uh, one of the longer books in the Bible, but it's going to be a few uh, sessions together as we read through it. Again, what we do here is we read through Scripture. We're going to spend 20 to 30 minutes reading, and then we'll spend another 20 to 30 minutes reflecting. And so I want to go ahead and get us such situated right now to the Word. Um, this is our time to hear from God. Um, we're not, this is not really a Bible study more than it is. We're just going to read and see where the Lord leads. Um, and so I want to devote this time to prayer. And what I want to ask three, three questions, God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? God, what are you revealing concerning people? And the third question would be, God, what are you revealing concerning me? So I encourage you right now to come and to join me as we engage word today. So I'll pray and then we're going to get started. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you uh, have been gracious towards us. Lord, that you've given us your word. Father, I pray that you would bless us, Lord, as we engage with your word. Father, I pray that you would um, reveal your will, reveal your desire, and reveal who you are, reveal who we are, Lord, and deal with us, Lord, personally um, today as we read through your word. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get to it. As you'll notice, the book introduces itself saying that this is the vision of Isaiah. So Isaiah chapter one, verse one, it says this. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amal, he saw coming concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jothan, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not consider. Alas, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a brood of evildoers, children who are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked to anger the Holy One of Israel. Why should you be stricken again? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faints. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been clothed and or bound up or soothed with ointment. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Strangers devour your land in your presence, and it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. So the daughter of Zion is left as a booth in a vineyard, as a hunt, as a hut in a garden of cucumbers. City, unless the Lord of hosts had left us a very small remnant, we would have become like Sodom. We would have been like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me, says the Lord. 
I've had enough of your burnt offering of rams and the fat of fat. I do not delight in the blood of goats or in lambs or of lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required this from your hand to trample my courts? Bring no more futile sacrifices. Incense is an abomination to me. The new moons, the Sabbaths, and the calling of assemblies. I cannot endure iniquity and, sacred, and the sacred meeting. And your appointed feasts, my soul hates. Hmm. They are a trouble to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my even though you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves and make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Please to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. Defend the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now. And let us read, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. Hmm. Wow. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Verse 21. Faithful city has become a harlot. It was full of justice. Righteousness lodged in it, but now murderers. Your silver has become like dross. Your wine mixed with water. Your princes are rebellious and companions of thieves. Everyone loves bribes and follows after rewards. They do not defend the fatherless nor does the cause of the widow come before them. Therefore, the Lord says, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, I will rid myself of my adversaries and take vengeance on my enemies. I will turn my head against you and thoroughly purge away your dross and take away your alloy. I will restore your judges as at the and your counselors as at the beginning. Afterward, you shall be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Hmm. Zion shall be redeemed with justice and her with righteousness. Destruction, <clears throat> the destruction of transgressors and of sinners shall be together. And those who forsake the Lord shall be consumed. For they shall be ashamed of the terebinth trees, which you have. And you shall be embarrassed because of the gardens which you have chosen. For you shall be as a terebinth tree whose leaf fades and as a garden that has no water. The strong shall be as tender and the work of it as a spark. Both will burn together and no one shall quench them. Isaiah 2. Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house 
shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all to it. Many people shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. For out of shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come and let us walk in the light of the Lord. For you have spoken, your people, that because they are filled with eastern ways. They are soothsayers like the Philistines, and they are pleased with the children of foreigners. Their land is also full of silver and gold. And there is no end to their treasures. Their land is and there's no end to their chariots. Their land is also full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that which their fingers have made. People bow down and each man humbles himself. Therefore, enter into the rock and hide in the dust from the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty. The lofty looks of a man shall be humbled. The haughtiness of men shall be bowed down. And the Lord alone in that day. For the day of the Lord of hosts shall come upon everything proud and lofty, upon everything lifted up, and it shall be brought low. Upon all the cedars of Lebanon that are high and lifted up, and upon all the upon all the high mountains and upon all the hills that are lifted up, upon every high tower and upon every fortified wall, upon all the ships of Tarshish and upon all the beautiful slope, sloops, the loftiness shall be bowed down and the haughtiness of men shall be brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day, but the idols he shall utterly abolish. They shall go into the holes of the rocks earth from the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty when he arises to shake the earth mightily. In that day, a man will cast away his idols of silver and his idols of gold, which they made up each for himself to worship. And the bats. Hmm. To go into the clefts of the rocks and into the crags of the rugged rocks from the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty when he arises to shake the earth mightily for yourselves from such a man whose breath is in his nostrils for what account is he Isaiah 3 for behold the Lord the Lord of hosts Jerusalem and from Judah the stock and the store the whole supply and the whole supply, the whole supply of bread and the whole supply of water, the mighty man and the man of war, the judge and the prophet and the elder, the captain of 50 and the honorable man, the counselor and the skillful artisan and the expert enchanter. I will give children to be their princes and babes will rule over them. The people will be every one by another and every one by his neighbor. The child will be insolent toward the elder 
and the base toward the honorable. When a man takes hold of his brother in the house of his father, saying, You have clothing, you and let these ruins be under your power. In that day he will protest, saying, I cannot cure your ills, for in my house is neither food nor clothing. Do not make me a ruler of the people. For Jerusalem's stomach is fallen, because of their tongue and their doings are against the Lord, to provoke the eyes of his glory. The look on their countenance witnesses against them, and they declare their sin as Sodom. They do not have woe to their soul, for they have brought up evil upon themselves. Say to the righteous that it shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Woe to the wicked, it shall be ill with him, for, for the reward of his hands shall be given him. As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O oh, my people, those who lead you cause you to err, and destroy The Lord stands up to plead, and stands to judge the people. The Lord will enter into judgment with the elders of his people and his princes, for you have eaten up the vineyard. Plunder of the poor is in your houses. What do you mean by crushing my people and grinding the faces of the poor, says the Lord of hosts? Moreover, the Lord says, because the daughters of Zion are haughty and walk with outstretched necks and walking and mincing as they go, making a jingling with their feet. Therefore, the Lord will strike with a scab the crown of the head of the right of the daughters sorry, of Zion, and the Lord will uncover their secret parts in that day will take away the finery, the jingling anklets, the scarves and the crescents, the pendants, the bracelets and the veils, the headdresses, the leg ornaments and the headbands, the perfume boxes, the charms and the rings, the nose jewels, the and the mantles, the outer garments, the purses and the mirrors, the fine linen, the turbans and the robes. And so it shall be. Instead of a sweet smell, there will be a stench. Instead of a sash, a rope, hair, baldness, instead of a rich robe, a girding sackcloth, and branding instead of beauty. Your men shall fall by the sword, and your mighty in war. Her gates shall lament and mourn, and she shall sit on the ground. Isaiah 4. And in that day, Seven women shall take hold of one man. We will eat our own food and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. In that day, the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and appealing for those of Israel who have escaped. And it shall come to pass that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem holy, and everyone who is recorded among the living in Jerusalem. When the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the blood of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit of judgment of burning, then the Lord will create above every dwelling place of Mount Zion and above her assemblies a cloud 
and a smoke by day and a shining flame of fire by night. For over all the glory, there will be a covering. And there will be a tabernacle for shade in the daytime from the heat, for a place of refuge and for shelter from the storm and rain. Isaiah 5. Now let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. Does that sound familiar? My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug up and cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest vine. He built a tower in its midst and also made a wine press. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O oh, inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, please, between me and my vineyard. What more could I have done in my vineyard that I have not done in it? Why then, when I expected it to bring forth good grapes, that it brought forth wild grapes? And now, please, let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge shall be burned and break down its wall and it shall be trampled down. I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned or dug, but there shall come upon briars and thorns. I will also commend the clouds that they rain, that they rain no rain on it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel and the men of Judah are the pleasant plant. He looked, behold, oppression for righteousness, but behold, a cry for help. Woe to those who join house to house. They add field to field till there is no place. They dwell alone in the midst of the land. In my hearing, the Lord of hosts said, truly many houses shall be desolate, great and beautiful ones without inhabitant. For ten acres of the vineyard shall yield one bath, and of seed shall yield one ephah. Woe to those who rise early in the morning, that they may follow intoxicating drink, who continue until light night, until wine inflames them. Harp and the strings, the tambourine and the flute, and wine are in their feasts, but they do not regard the work of the Lord nor consider the operation of his hands. Hmm. Therefore, my I have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore, Sheol has enlarged itself and opened its mouth. Their glory and their multitude and their pomp and he who is jubilant shall descend into it. People shall be brought down. Each man shall be humbled, and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. The Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment, and God who is holy shall be hallowed in righteousness. Then the lambs shall feed in their pasture, and in the waste places of the fat ones strangers shall eat. Woe to those with cords of vanity and sin as if with a cart rope that say 
Let him make speed and hasten his work that we may see it. And let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw near and come that we may Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise and prudent in their own sight. Woe to men mighty at drinking wine. Woe to men valiant for mixing intoxicating drink, who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away justice from the righteous man. As the fire devours the stubble and the flame consumes the chafe, so their root will be as rottenness, and their blossom will ascend like dust, because they have rejected the law of the Lord of hosts and the spirit of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, the anger of the Lord is aroused against his people. He has stretched out his hand against them and stricken them, and the hills trembled. Their carcasses were as refuse in the midst of the streets. For all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. He will lift up a banner to the nations from afar and will whistle to them from the end of the earth. Surely they shall come with speed swiftly stumble among them, nor will slumber or sleep, nor will the belt of the loins be loosed, nor the straps of the sandals be broken, whose arrows are sharp, and all their bows bent. Their horses, their horses will seem like flint, and their wheels like a whirlwind. Their roaring will be like a lion. They will roar like young lions. Yes, they will roar and lay hold of their prey. They will carry it away safely, and no one will deliver day they will roar against them like the roaring of the sea and if one looks to the land behold darkness and sorrow and the light is darkened by the clouds last chapter isaiah 6 in the year that king uzziah died I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it, each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. One cried to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. He is full of his glory. And the post of the door was shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken from the tongues he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then he said, Here I am. Send me. And he said, Go and tell this people. Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull 
heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. Then he said, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities are laid waste and without inhabitation, without a man, the land is utterly desolate. The Lord has removed men far away and forsaken places are many in the midst of the land, but yet a tenth will be in it and will return and be for consuming. Terebinth tree or as an oak whose stump remains when it is cut down, so the holy seed shall be its stump. The word of God. Um, Isaiah is uh, one of the most powerful Bible. Um, by the way, for those of you who are here, um, my time of reading is done. I'm just ranting, just thinking out loud. Um, so much that we could say here. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, I'm always resisting the temptation to really break down and teach all of this because there's just so much. And if I really sat down time breaking down and teaching this text, I would, I would be here probably for the entire day. But we come here every morning and we spend time in the reading of the word. We have now read from Genesis all the way now to the book of Isaiah, which is, I don't know, it's, it's, it's amazing when you think about it. Um, that with 20 or 30 minutes a day, we've gone through this much text, this much reading. And I, I say all that because as a preface to what I'm about to say, because I think when you actually expose yourself to all of the text, you begin to see how all of it comes together. And I think one of the things I've always desired for people is maybe you don't understand all the intricacies of the text, all the complexities of the text, all the, the you call them theological complexities, call them whatever. You can get so bogged down in the minutia that you miss the big picture. And so I, I, I'm motivated to do this so that you don't get stuck in the minutia. And every part of me wants to go into the minutia. And there's nothing wrong with that as well. But I'm saying all this to say that when you start seeing the big picture, you start seeing how all of it comes together. And when you start seeing how all of it comes together, you're going to see now a beautifully woven, uh, a beautifully woven book with so many stories and destinies all colliding with one another, overlapping one another. The Bible isn't chronological. I'm, and I hope you see this now. The Bible isn't chronological and it's impossible to actually write it chronologically. Because if you write the Bible chronologically, it, it, it's impossible simply because a lot of these stories are overlapping. When we read the book of Ruth, it's overlapping with all the stuff that's going on in the book of Judges. And so when you read the book of Ruth and you know, 
beautiful thing to see because God calls these people, the children of Israel, to be his people, his nation, to bring righteousness and justice. And yet he's called these people, and yet these people have collapsed, um, fallen profoundly short of the call, have called to be a holy nation, separate from all the nations, to bring the righteousness of God to earth, to be of God's righteousness, of God's justice. Simply put, the word righteousness literally means justice. It's God's justice. It's the means by which God makes things right, not our justice system, not our but God's politic, God's justice, God's law. And so they, that's, that was the whole purpose for the children of Israel. And they were set aside and set apart to be those people. But what do we see? We see in the book of Judges that saying that there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And so because there was no king in Israel, we saw a collapse of the people. This holy nation that was called by God. We see at the beginning of the book of Judges completely falls apart by the end of the book of Judges. And this nation that was supposed to be set aside to be this holy nation, Eden, heaven to earth, this nation to bring the righteousness and the justice of God. This nation now has become like every other nation. And maybe worse, we see mercy, um, um, child trafficking, slavery, abuse. We see everything that can be wrong. They became that. These people that were called by God. And the king in Israel. So because there was no king in Israel, Maybe what we need is a king, which is the unfortunate reality because they already had a king, but they wanted a king. So of course we get into Samuel, first Samuel, and then Samuel um, brings in the king they wanted, Saul. And after Saul, they realized the king they wanted wasn't the king who God called. As a matter of fact, God didn't even want, it, want them to have a king. He said it was because of their um, because of the lack of their understanding and knowledge of their own identity and who they are, because of their sin, he gave them a king. And so he gave them Saul. Saul didn't work out. Then God said there would be a replacement for Saul. It was David. So he gave him David. And David was the man after God's own heart. And of course, we saw what happened in David's family. There was a fracture. There was a split. And there was Solomon. And then there was Absalom. There was a split. Nation became the nation of Israel in the north, 10 tribes. Another nation became the nation of Judah, the lineage of Solomon. And all we learned about when we read through and first and second chronicles is all these kings fell short of leading the children of Israel to bring the righteousness and the justice of God. Actually, they became just like all the other sinful nations.
they became just like every, all the other sinful nations. They fell under the judgment of all the other sinful nations. The world rules on money, on power. The world rules on power and influence. <clears throat> Governed by this weird little thing that we call the ego. And because the world rules, all the pain and suffering from the world comes from this individualistic way of establishing power and influence. And, and so when it's me, myself, and I, me, myself, and I is what governs the world, the world is broken. No comes from this me, myself, and I. And yet Israel, rather than following through the heart of God, followed the gods of the culture. Money, sex, influence. And so if anybody's ever watched Game of Thrones, um, the Game of Thrones is, I wish, was a completely accurate depiction of what we would be seeing here. We're talking about human We're talking about um, um, murder, killing. You watch the Game of Thrones, and if you think that was, ooh, that was really bad, then <clears throat> you see what was going on in Israel at that time. And so I love how the story has progressed all through from Genesis, first and second Chronicles, first and sorry, first and Kings, first and second Chronicles. And it is there in the overlap of that story with all the kings that came after Solomon, all the kings that came after Solomon, because Solomon was given Judah. And there was a nation of Israel. Solomon led Judah. Rehoboam led Israel, and yet there was a lineage of kings that followed Solomon under the covenant of God. And in that lineage of kings, Uzziah. If you notice here in the book of Isaiah, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, it opens up, Isaiah saying, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem of Uzziah. Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. I just wanted to give you a picture here. When we read First and Second Kings, then we read First and Second Chronicles, and then we read Ezra, Nehemiah. Notice that that story, that part of Israel's history, had another angle, and the other angle to that story is actually Isaiah. Some people read Isaiah like it happened later, but no, Isaiah didn't happen later. Isaiah is happening while these things are happening. What we saw in, I'm sorry if I go a little Bible study. I just want to make sure you guys see my, before I go into my thought, because I'm just like you, like I said, I'm all over the place. I got nothing planned. I'm just thinking out loud. That's why it's the read and rant, right? Because I'm just thinking out loud. <laughs> um, so just bear with me here. Um, Reflecting out loud. Bear with me. What the first and Kings, first and Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, the this is the history of Israel. 
we see it from a historical perspective. We see what's happening from a historical perspective. Whereas when we get to Isaiah, we see the same thing. A prophetic perspective from a spiritual perspective. Because whatever is transpiring in history is a consequence of what's happening in a realm. And so there's a lot that we didn't understand when we read it. We just saw what happened. And what Isaiah is doing is Isaiah is giving light to why it happened. He's giving understanding. He's giving, he's helping Israel see what he sees. Because as the prophet of God, he is the mouthpiece of God, speaking the mind of God, the will of God, the authority of God. And so now if you notice what he says in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, go back and read. Um, I believe it's in Second uh, Chronicles. So go back and read in Second Chronicles and read the story of Uzziah who became a king when he was young and he reigned and, and it was Uzziah who reigned. And after Uzziah, Jotham and Ahaz, read that again. And it's going to give you fresh perspective about what I, because you cannot read it without knowing the story. You can't read it without knowing the history. You can't read it without at least being aware of the context. And that's what happens because so many people read and they see, come now, let us the Lord, though your skins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red and crimson, they shall be made white as wool. Um, they shall be as wool. They read this and then people read it, but they don't, they, they don't connect with who Isaiah is speaking to. They don't connect it with any of that. They don't connect it with this is what's actually happening in this moment. This is, this is what God has to say about what's happening in this. The children of Israel were called to be holy and to be separate and to bring righteousness and to bring justice. And yet they look like a nation that operates on the rules of the Game of Thrones. You look at Israel, Israel looked like everybody else. You looked at Israel and Israel looked like the rest of the. And so we read the word and we read it. And sometimes we just read it like, oh, this is a new book. And this new book has, wow, some interesting things here. What does this mean? What does that mean? What does this mean? Hold on first. What is this pointing to? Because you can read Isaiah and he sounds morbid. But Isaiah is talking about a nation that fell off. And so while we're watching all of this transpire in Second Chronicles, First and Second Chronicles, there was a prophet who was speaking that we haven't heard from yet. And so we come to Isaiah now, and here we are given an opportunity to hear what God has to say about this. An interesting little side note on this is we were reading all the stuff that was happening in Chronicles. We had an idea of what was happening. We spoke about all the stuff that was happening and we had, uh, 
of what was happening. But even though we saw everything that was happening, we had not yet heard from God, from the perspective and the voice of the prophet. And yet while all this is happening, where was the prophet in all of this? Was anyone even listening to the prophet? Were they hearing what the prophet had to say? A little side note real quick. Um, quick little thing I want to point out about prophets. Um, I think nowadays when we think of prophets, we think of prophets as uh, Christian. <laughs> we think of prophets psychics. We think of prophets as people who tell us our future and tell us how God's going to bless us and tell us all the beautiful things that God's going to do in our lives. When we talk about prophets, we want prophets to talk about things that we already know about. We just love to be in awe of what the prophet, and it's that kind of perspective of the prophet that's led to people desiring a role that they were never called to fill. Prophets were not popular. Prophets were not seen as, you know, they weren't the people you went to their church services to go and attend. Prophets were not people who you go, hey, you know, let me get a word from the prophet. I'm going to show up to church so I can get a word. Speak to me. Prophets were the guys that people ignored. They were the people that they stayed away from. Prophets were perceived as crazy. As Prophets were the ones who, you know, you would say, mm, uh, that guy needs to stay away from me. Prophets were not popular. If you want to be a prophet, you have to already presume that you will not be popular. And you cannot be a prophet if you're a people pleaser. There are people who want to be prophets so that they can get big platforms and, you know, speak the word of the Lord because they want the world to see them psychic or some kind of Christian who's speaking all the truth and all this wisdom and all this insight and all that. When prophets, when they speak the truth, they speak words of conviction and correction. Nah, if you like people, pleaser, you, you're probably not a prophet. <laughs> You're probably not a prophet <laughs> because no one really wants to listen to prophets. And if everybody wants to hear, you're probably not a prophet. If, if, you know, you feel like, man, I want to have a church and have a whole crowd of people and all that, you're probably not a prophet. Prophets don't start churches. <laughs> Um, prophets speak the truth of the word of the Lord and prophets are profoundly unpopular. I'm only saying that, and I'm going to get to my, my point here. I'm only saying that because when the prophet speaks, he speaks the spiritual, the spiritual implication of what's happening in the present moment. When things are happening in the world, what is God doing in all of that? And why is God doing it? What are the consequences of this? Why is this transpiring in the way that it's transpiring? Why are things going the way that they're going? We saw everything that is that 
in First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, Ezra and Nehemiah. We just we read through those books. Now we're reading Isaiah, which is happening at the same time. Which is happening at the same time, except Isaiah is warning them and giving them the why behind the what. And so Isaiah then warns them of the judgment that is coming. Warns them of the judgment that's coming on Judah and Jerusalem. So now you've got Uzziah. And after Uzziah, we saw what was happening. And I've, and I've always been so curious. This is just me. And I'm just playing with my imagination for a moment. If you would allow imagine for a moment that all this stuff is happening. And yet there's a prophet who's telling them, guys, if we don't straighten up, if we don't get this right, we will fall into judgment and captivity. Oversimplifying all of this. But I just want to bring you perspective to what's happening in this moment. We saw everything that's going on. Uzziah, you know, was perceived as a good king. But Uzziah, even after his reign, was at the end of his reign. And Isaiah is warning them. Guys, we are not good. And as much as you want to think that you are people of righteousness and justice, you're not. And as much as you want to think right and you're doing the right thing and you're exactly who God called you to be, you're not. You look just like all the Canaanite nations. You look just like everybody else. We saw what this looked like when we read through Judges, y'all. You saw what happened. You forgot that it was the grace of God that brought you here. You forgot that it was the power of God, the authority of God, the affirmation of God that brought you here. It's because God called you his. God put his name on you and said, I will be your God and you will be my people that you are a people of any value. Who are you? You, you were, you were captives in Egypt. You were captives in Egypt. You got here not out of your own power. You got here not out of your own volition. You got here not because you you had it all together. You got here not because you man you 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 worked hard and you hustled and you you didn't get here because of that. That's not why we're here. We're here simply because of the grace of God. And Isaiah's talking to the children of Israel and he's Try to go, guys, it wasn't your hustle. It wasn't your hard work. It wasn't your money. It wasn't your looks. It wasn't your resources. None of that's what got you here. But somehow you're forgetting that. And because you're forgetting that, somehow you think that you can just live as everybody else lives. Do what everybody else does. And it really to humanity, who we are as people. You know where sin creeps in, fam? Sin creeps in and begins to overtake your life. You start thinking you've been able to do this all on your own. Yeah, your success, you did that all on your own. You, you won on your own. It was... It was your resource, your success, your thinking, your hard work, your hustle, all that. 
And you thought because of all that, yeah, yeah, you won, you got the bag, you hustled, you made it happen. And that's when you begin to veer away from the fact that you are profoundly dependent upon God. For apart from him, you can do nothing. And yet, because you've ignored that reality, now you feel like you can do bad all by yourself. And guess what? You start doing bad all by yourself. It starts creeping in when you start thinking you're just like everybody else. Sin creeps in when you start feeling like you can live like everybody else. Do what everybody else does. Live like the culture. Do it for the <laughs> Do it for the culture. And in the end, what happens is you begin to distance away from the source that gave you the fruit. From the very source that gave you the blessing. From the very source that got you to where you are. And once you start distancing yourself from that, all of a sudden, you may think everything's okay. But I came to tell you there's a in saying it's not okay. This is how Isaiah opens up. And I know we're going to be leaving with some tension here. Isaiah opens up. He's talking to Judah. Jerusalem is just the city in Judah. It's the capital of Judah. He's talking to Judah. He's talking to Jerusalem. He's talking to the people and he's talking to the government. He's talking to the leaders. He's talking to everyone. And he's saying, you guys think you're good, but you're not. You guys think like you got it all together, but you don't. And you may feel like, hey, man, we're doing great because else. we've been following everybody else's rule, everybody else's politic, everybody else's idols, everybody else's cultural, uh, um, the things that they worship culturally. And, yo, and, and we're doing all right. So, you know, what? forget about serving the God that, 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 that God Egypt. Forget about serving the God that got me out. It's a scary thing, fam. When you forget the God. It's a scary thing, fam. When you forget the God that got you out. It's a scary thing, fam. When all of a sudden you start thinking that you can do it all by yourself. Thing, fam. When you start thinking you did this. Yes, you did this. It was all you. I came to tell you, it's not all good if it's all you. And if it's not all God, then it's not all good. And if it's not all God, then today you need God in your life. Because if you're being governed by the same things that the world runs by, and if you're governed by the same thing that society runs by, you know, all the things that the world says you ought to do.
you know it's 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 about sex it's about power it's about if you just do all the stuff that everybody else does you'll be all right there's a prophet here today that's saying no you're not okay there's a prophet here that's it's not all right i know it looks good right now it might look all right right now, you know, your money's doing pretty good, everything else is doing good, but it's not okay. Because you distance yourself from the very source. Don't ever forget that apart from him, you can do nothing. Don't ever forget it, because if you do, you will be tempted to separate from what everybody else is doing and when you do what everybody else is doing separating from him fam you lose the very source by which you got to where you are don't ever forget where you came from oh give thanks unto the lord for he is good and give thanks to him and forget not his benefits Kill the ego. Yes. I love that. Kill the ego. Ah, but the ego is high. And there's a prophet who's showing up. They felt like they were good. They felt like, well, we're good. We're going to follow their idols, follow their gods, worship their gods. We're going to do all of that. We're going to do all of that. We're good. That's what they were saying. We're good. We got this. He shows up and he comes with prophetic fire you know what's sad is that nobody heard him that's what's sad we didn't hear here go back to second chronicles again or first chronicles read through it did you see anywhere where it went and they heard the prophet isaiah and they repented did you hear that did you hear anybody say that no oh man I, I wish I could just spend time on that. There was so much that I had to unpack from that because look what he says. Oh my gosh. You know, just because you said it, I'm just going to point it out. He's like, hold on. You thought sacrifices were good enough. You thought if you could just give sacrifices to me that you're good. He said, I've had enough of your burnt offerings of rams. I've had enough of the fat of your cattle, enough of the blood of your bulls, the lambs of your goats. When you come to appear before me, who has, it, who has required this from your hand? And then he says to him, bring no more futile. You're sitting here thinking, you just, you know, you know, just follow the law and everything's going to be okay. Follow the law. Bring the sacrifice to God. God's like, I deserve, I, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. He's like, he's like, get that out of here. You're over here thinking that if you just sacrifice the blood of bulls and goats, you're good. No. The prophet Isaiah is telling them this. He says, just stop. Don't even bring these sacrifices. You think you're good, but you're mixing, you're mixing your culture with your calling.
And he's like, forget the new moons, forget the Sabbaths. He's, this is where, you know, all the Sabbath people who say you got to follow Sabbath, all that. Even God's like, God tells you how important the Sabbath is to him. <laughs> he says, to him, not even living with my heart and my will. And you're not in my will. He's like, forget the Sabbath. Don't even forget it. Don't forget the Sabbaths. Forget the new moons. Forget all those celebrations. Forget all of those things. It means nothing to me. That means nothing. He was over it. <laughs> he was over it. He's like, I'm done with that. Hey, uh, for those of you who think that uh, observing the Sabbath is what I want, go ahead. And then we and then we end in Isaiah six, and that's where we're gonna start. Not tomorrow, but th the day after, because tomorrow meant um with my uh, um with uh my surgeon who had done the procedure. I have a three month appointment, so hopefully all goes well. So you guys can check in with me then, but I uh tomorrow morning, so Pray for me for that as well. So pray for me as I pray for you um, for full restoration, miraculous healing. But all that, I, I'm, I just want to throw that out there that when we come back and we start reading from chapter 6 on, we will read 7 8. Notice now, Uzziah has died. And now we're about to see the decline and the destruction. And it's it's literally God pulling away from them. Not God punishing, but because we've been distant from him. If we live knowing, it's actually because I've been under his banner that if any blessing comes from God, it's because I'm under his banner. Then when we distance ourselves, it's not God punishing us. It's the fact that we just left his covering. And yet what I love about Isaiah is he leaves them with hope. That even though they distance us from God, and even though we're about to see everything that he's prophesying, saying, you know, you're not good, but he's not done with them. And for that, I'm grateful. So guys, we'll continue this again. But I pray this was a blessing to you. Just remember this. Don't let the culture pollute your calling. That's my word for today. Don't let the culture pollute your calling. And don't think because you're doing okay now that you're good. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Lord, even as we are I'm called into this world. Lord, you calling, a higher calling, one that is otherworldly. And Lord, often, even though we engage with culture, we fall into the temptation to be influenced by it and not influenced. Pray, even in this moment, Lord, that you would give us the conviction. Lord, not to be as Israel was influenced by the culture, becoming like what was around them and falling under the same demise. 
the sinful nations that surrounded them, but Lord, that we would be as you've called us, a city on a hill, Lord, a nation separate, one that brings light, that brings hope, that brings love, that brings grace. So bless us today, Lord, as we leave and Lord, allow us to be convicted by the very reality that we can do nothing apart from you. And Lord, rather than distancing from you, Lord, to be bound with culture, under your banner, bound by your grace. And we say that in your name we pray. Amen. Fam, love y'all. I know a couple minutes over. I'm trying to do better, y'all, um, with staying, you know. So, anyway, I want to encourage you guys, if you are here, um, please, 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 please share, uh, obviously share the content, but I want to, I want you to also, um, click the link in the bio, click the link in the profile or my email list. Um, pretty soon we're going to start, we're going to get started with sharing just weekly encouragements, um, insights, things of that nature. And I always say this, at least if they shut me down again, or if you can't find me on social media, if for some have the email list to be able to get in touch with you, to tell you where, um, where I am. Also, I encourage you guys, text me 954-231-1848. You'll get a daily word of encouragement. Um, 954-231-1848. So maybe you don't know this, but there is a Read and Rant podcast. The Read and Rant podcast. I want to encourage you, go ahead and subscribe to it. It's on Spotify and it's on Apple. I want to encourage you to download it. The Read and Rant podcast is actually the do here. I put them on the podcast now because I put them every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. This particular live, you probably won't get for another few weeks from now. However, I do provide them right away for my patrons. If you want to support on Patreon, okay? One thing that I've been praying about, especially because I have some exciting news to share very soon. I'm trying to hold it in. I'm trying to keep myself from sharing it. by having some exciting uh, stuff to share with you guys. But I do want to encourage you guys. It's because that I'm able to do this. Your support is opening doors for us. For the first time, I'm finding that there's possibility in really devoting my time, uh, my life completely to this. And it's because, yes, you may feel like not a lot, um, but it's a big deal. And some of you I know have already upped it to 50. I know some of you have upped it to 75. I want to thank you all for that. Um, I thank the Lord every day for my patrons because they're the ones who make this possible. So I would encourage you guys, um, join our Patreon, okay? And there will be Bible studies as well. So there's a bonus. I, I, I give other bonuses to it, but you guys are patrons because you support what we were doing here. And so it, it's what makes all this possible. So guys, love you all. I will see you. Uh, email this. There was one more thing. 